<laughs> my, my son loves drawing pictures. He's five. He loves drawing pictures of me and him, but he loves putting my age right next to the pictures. So he puts my picture, and then he puts 40, and then his picture, and he puts five. And, and it's all fine until he starts giving it to people. And I'm, I'm like, honey. <laughs> so now everyone knows my age in my <laughs> church and everything. But it's so good to be here at Life Center. I was telling Pastor Tyler that it feels, my, it feels like my second home. You guys are my second home. And I'm so thankful to be here and celebrate Mother's Day together and and talk about just how good our God is and how he sees us. And that is the subject I wanted to speak on today. You know, God reveals himself in the Old Testament to, to his people. And we get to see who he is through the various names of God. Then we see, you know, a complete revelation of God through Jesus in the New Testament. But in the Old Testament, we get to see the character of God through the names of how, how he reveals himself to his people. But it's interesting that one of, the first, one of the first encounters God has where he reveals himself to someone is an encounter found in Genesis 16. Out of anyone that he could reveal himself to, he chooses to reveal himself to uh, a pregnant, single uh, woman, slave Egyptian, who soon will be a single mother, Hagar. And God chooses to reveal himself to this woman in the midst of her wilderness. If you know the story of Abraham and Sarah, you know that God promises Abraham multitudes, which seems a little... Um, uh, a little weird since they were old in age and uh, uh, Sarah thinks that the promise of multitudes will probably not come through her, so she needs to help God. And through Hagar, the servant, you know, Hagar begins to, she becomes pregnant with Abraham's son. Now, Sarah begins to mistreat Hagar Hagar runs towards the desert, and in the desert, God chooses to reveal himself to her. And that is where we find ourselves in Genesis 16, verse 7 and 8. As she is running away, the angel of the Lord, it says, the angel of the Lord found her by a spring of water in the wilderness, the spring on the way to Shur. And he said, Hagar, servant of Sarai, where have you come from and where are you going? She said, I am fleeing from my mistress, Sarai. Dear God, today we, we want to thank you for who you are and in the ways you have chosen to reveal yourself to us and how we get the fullness of who you are through Jesus. And we're thankful, God, that even in moments of wilderness, as in the life of Hagar that we're about to revisit, that you show yourself to continue to be faithful to us. So I pray that you will challenge us, that you will comfort us today with your word, and that we will leave this place so sure of who you are in our dark moments. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. 
Amen. So we, we find this woman, Hagar, and she has fled mistreatment. She goes into the wilderness. She is alone. She is pregnant. She, um, she finds herself uh, in a place she never thought she would be, and not by her doing. In fact, she did everything right. She uh, obeyed the instructions uh, of, of the house. She became pregnant. And you would think by obeying, you would, you would get good things, but not in the case of Hagar. She goes, she begins to be mistreated by, by Sarah. She runs to the wilderness, and it is in there, in that moment, where she is found by God. And it's incredible because when you see the verse, in verse 7, it says, the angel of the Lord found her. Isn't it amazing and refreshing to know that it doesn't matter where we go in life, we have a God who will find us. He will find us. And this is a promise that we see in the life of Hagar and we see in the life of the men and women of the faith that God was faithful even in the wilderness. So we see that the angel of the Lord found her. And that word found in Hebrew refers to finding someone or something that is lost or misplaced. So Hagar is feeling two things. She's, she felt lost and misplaced. They're two, different, they're two different things. You might feel at the moment lost. What does that mean? It means that you lack direction. Something happened in your life that you, you're not sure where you're headed. You don't know if to go right. You don't know if to go left. Uh, the path seems a little blurry. You are not in control of the situations. You feel at a loss. You feel that there is no direction going forward. In fact, you are unable to find your way back into your purpose. And sometimes we wake up feeling this way. We wake up feeling a little lost. Like, what do we do next? What's going to happen next? I don't have any open doors. I don't know where to go from here, especially after being mistreated or after experiencing some level of pain. So Hagar feels lost. But not only lost, she also feels misplaced. And the best example of feeling misplaced that I could think of is one time I signed up for Zumba at the gym. I know, anybody know what Zumba is? That's great. You know, so I was like, ah, this is my year. I'm going to be fed. I am just going to, you know, yay and yay. And I go in there. I sign up for Zumba. I go to the wrong class. I'm supposed to be in Zumba beginners, and I find myself in Zumba expertise. I don't know how I did this. I don't know how I misread the numbers. So there I am, not having any exercise background whatsoever. Like, my thing, exercising means walking in the mall. You know, like walking from shop to shop. You know, I have no recollection of any exercise. I've never been that kind of person. So I'm here trying to do Zumba beginners, and all these people are experts. They're just moving their legs and their bodies in ways I, I've never moved my body. And they're... They are, and they know what they're doing. They know what, I'm feeling lost. This is supposed to be a one-hour Zumba class. In the first 10 minutes, I am dying. I am literally dying, and I'm just pretending. 
I'm like pretending, I, I took some acting class, I'm gonna pretend, you fake it till you make it, right? So I'm pretending for 10 minutes and then I know myself, I'm like, I'm not gonna last more than 10 minutes. So I'm like, I have to do something because I'm so out of place. I grab my water bottle, which is full, and I'm like, oh, empty, mm, I need to fill my water bottle. So I get out of the class <laughs> and, I, and I, I don't go back. I go back to my car and I was just so embarrassed that actually I never went back to that gym. I canceled my debit, I got a new debit because I was like, I, I don't wanna show my face in that gym because they're gonna be like, the quitter! The quitter is there, so I just, but that, that feeling of you're not, you, you look around and you're like, wait a second, I'm not supposed to be here. And I think Hagar felt the same way. She said, wait a second, I, I, I've done everything right. I, I'm not supposed to be here. Have you felt that way? When you wake up and circumstances happen to you and you're like, wait a second, I didn't sign up for this. I, you know, I've, I've lived a healthy life. I've done all of this. I, 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 why am I, why do I, why do I have that illness? Why do I have that sickness? I, I try to do my best as a parent. Why am I having trouble with my kids? I, I've come to church every Sunday. I've read my Bible. Why am I going through this loss? Why am I going through this pain? And sometimes we feel like Hagar felt out of place. You're out of your element. You're somewhere that you say you shouldn't be. I'm not supposed to be living through this. I promised myself I wasn't going to walk through the same thing my parents walked through. And here I am walking the same road. I promised myself I was never going to do this. And here I am doing that thing again. I'm not where I'm supposed to be. And there is Hagar. Hagar is feeling lost because she has no idea where she's going. But she also feels like life is unfair, that she's not supposed to feel this kind of pain. And I think if we're honest, we may feel like Hagar more often than we think. We wake up sometimes with, uh, with, the lack, with lack of direction. We wake up sometimes feeling misplaced, that we're, we're walking a life we never signed up to walk. And here she is in the middle of, of feeling lost and alone, in the middle of her, her tears. She's pregnant. She's not living the life she was supposed to live. But then the Bible says that the angel of the Lord found her. What a relief. That God finds us even in our worst moments, that we may be lost, but we're not too lost for Jesus. <laughs> we may feel a lack of direction, but God sees us in that moment and offers his hand. It's incredible to see the life of Hagar because she didn't think she would find anything in the desert, and in the desert, she finds the revelation of God. God appears to her through the angel of the Lord. And she, she is found by God. I want to encourage you this morning to tell you that it doesn't matter what 
has happened, what roads you've taken, even if it's been by your doing or by someone else's doing, God will still find you right where you're at and he will reach in to you. There aren't places that are off limits for God. God will step in when the world steps out. So he's stepping into the reality of Hagar. He's stepping into her wilderness, stepping into her pain. And the interesting part is that when he refers to her, he calls her by her name, Hagar. See, God could have first called her by her title, her position. He could have first talked about the, the place that she was at. But the first thing that God says when he refers to her is he calls her by her name. Because the desert and the wilderness tend to do something with our identity. We become lost. We don't know who we are. We don't know where we're heading. Things became, become a little blurry in our heads. But there is God calling out her name, Hagar. Reminding her who she is in the midst of the wilderness. But that's not the world we live in. The world we live in does not call us by our name first. They call us first by our position. They see us through the lens of our failure. They call us by what we've lacked or what we failed. They judge us by the things we have not done. Or tell us the reason why we are where we are and the choices that we've made. But God chooses to remind Hagar that she has a name and that God knows it. You might feel out of place. You might feel hurt or in pain. In fact, people may call you other things. But let me tell you, church, God will always call you by your name. He will remind you in the moments you forget yourself who you are. He will remind you in the moments where you are lacking who you are. So God steps in and calls her by her name, Hagar. He knows that she is the servant of Sarai. He knows that she is in the wilderness, but he chooses to call her by her name. In the desert, he calls her. So I'm here to remind you that it doesn't matter how lost we are or how deep in our desert we might feel or how unfair things are. You will always find yourself in Jesus. You will always find your true self in Jesus. And then God does something interesting. God confronts Hagar. And he confronts her by asking two questions. You know, it's interesting that God chooses to ask questions in the Bible. In the Old Testament, one of the first questions God asks was to Adam and Eve, right? Remember, after they sinned, God says, where are you? And then he continues asking some questions. But in the New Testament, we see Jesus. And some theologians say that he, he asked around 300 questions recorded in Scripture. He actually answered questions with questions. Because questions have a, have a way of making us stop and, and pause and reflect. So God asks Hagar and confronts her by asking her two questions. The first question he asks her is, where have you been? Where have you been? 
You know that God knows, right? God knows where she's been. God knows how she's being mistreated. The Bible tells us that the eyes of the Lord see everything, good and evil. The eyes of the Lord see all things. So God knows where she's been. God knows how she's being mistreated. Still, God asks her, where have you been? Because sometimes when we experience pain, the first thing we do is pretend like we had none. And that's a human thing. You know, even statistics, statistics say, or polls say that people don't like going to the doctors because we pretend we're healthy, right? It's like, unless we see something growing, we're not, we're not going anywhere, you know? And I, I think I read somewhere that guys are harder to go to the doctor than girls. I don't know if that's true. But maybe in your life it is. It's like, it, it's hard to admit when, we, when there's something off because we have been raised in a society where we have to figure it out. Right? You have to figure out. Something's happening, figure it out. Something is wrong, figure it out. If you, wanna, if you want to do something right, you have to do it yourself. So we are born in a society where it says, depend on you, work on you. Uh, you know, you are your own strength. You got this. You don't need anyone. And here's God confronting Hagar. Here's God saying, be honest with me. Be honest with yourself. You don't have to pretend that it doesn't hurt. You don't have to pretend that you are not going through pain. God tells Hagar that this is a safe place where, where she can be honest and confess what has happened in her life. Because church, this is what happened. God wants to heal real pain. In fact, he heals real brokenness. We think he's amused by our pretend strength, but no, the Bible says that God is near the brokenhearted. But why do we insist on pretending that things are good? If we ought to be honest, it should be with God who knows us. Yet God asks Hagar, where have you been? He gives her a moment to pause and be honest about the situation that brought her to the place that she's at. Maybe God, for healing to happen in our lives, we need to pause and confess to him our brokenness. Maybe for God to work miracles in our lives and give us strength, we need to pause and say, I need help. Look up and say, I don't have it all together. I am in need of direction. I am in need of comfort. I am in need of kindness. I'm in need of compassion. So God pauses and asks Hagar where she's been. The other question that God asks her is, where are you going? That's a good question to ask as well. Because when we have real hurt, we tend to run somewhere. So God was asking Hagar, who are you going to run to now? This happened to you. Where are you going to run to? And sometimes we have to pause and find out where have we ran to when brokenness happened. Because we all have those places that we run to. And let me tell you, sometimes we run from brokenness to more brokenness. We run from pain to more pain. So God pauses us and says, hey, hey, where are you going with your mess? 
Where are you going with your weakness? Where are you going with your necessity and your desires? Because sometimes we go from problem to problem. We run from problem to addiction, from problem to workaholics, from problem to any distraction to help us forget the pain. So God tells, God asks Hagar, where are you running? Because church, it matters who we run to when we're broken. It matters. It matters who we give the pieces of our broken self. It matters. It matters who we run to with our weaknesses, with our questions, with our insecurities. It matters. And we see God asking her gently these two, two questions so that Hagar can reflect. And then Hagar has to answer. Hagar has to answer after God has revealed himself to her and she does in Genesis 16, 13. It says, so she called the name of the Lord who spoke to her. You are a God of seeing. For she said, truly, here I have seen him who looks after me. Here in my brokenness. Here in my mess. Here when I'm honest. When I'm not pretending to have it all together. Here in my weakness. God revealed to her. God revealed himself to Hagar in the wilderness. And that revelation called a confession out of her. You see me. remind you that you have a God who sees you. Let me repeat that. God sees you. In fact, He not only sees us, but he, but he loves us well in the wilderness. We have a God even in our weakness while we were still sinners died for us God sees you we may be in a multitude of, of faces but God sees you you know I, I was born in a Christian home and I'm, since I was little I, oh man I, I, I knew everything you know I went to raise my hand I knew to pray when it was praise and worship me with my friends would come up to the front and we would do the mosh bed and, and, and then, you know, we would wait for the pastor to come and lay hands on us so that we can just fall. And we did all this stuff with my friends. We, we, we learned with my sister the, um, the books of the Bible when we were like seven years old. I learned it in Spanish. Genesis, Exodus, Levítico, Número, Deuteronomio, Josué, Juez de Ru, Primera, Segunda, Samuel, Primera, Segunda, Reina. I don't know it in English. In English, I still have a hard time saying Deuteronomy. When I finished high school, I went through a Hagar moment. 
I went through some just painful things in my life. And I remember that I, I had signed up for school for Pierce College. And um, I would say bye to my dad and my mom. And my mom is here in the back. <laughs> she knows this story. And I would um, I'd be like, I'm going to school. And I would get in my Nissan, park at Pierce, and I'll go to class. I did that for an entire year. And I would go back home and, and I would be like, oh, class was just so hard. Oh, I hate my science teacher. I was good at pretending, okay? Good at pretending. And one day, uh, as I'm in my Nissan in front of Pierce with my bag of chicken nuggets, I felt seen. Everyone saw me at church. Everyone saw me at home. But this time I felt seen truly. In my worst moment, I felt seen by God. Let me tell you what an experience that was. Because although I was shameful, although I felt lost, I felt compassion at that moment. Because when God sees us in our brokenness, what you get from Him is compassion, it's mercy, it's kindness. God didn't have to go to the desert to meet Hagar. He could have revealed himself to anybody else, but he chooses to go where she's at and call out her name. And, and there I was, 18, 19-year-old Christy in front of Piers, and I feel God speaking over me. Because this is what happened to Hagar in that wilderness. God begins to prophesy over in the wilderness, God begins to promise her things. Isn't that crazy? That in our moment of most pain and shame, God still promises something. There is God promising a generation, promising children to Hagar. Because when you think you're stepping into the end of your life God turns it into the beginning of a new one and here is God speaking over Hagar let me tell you if you are in the wilderness you're going through something you're lacking direction you don't know what's going on you feel a sense of, of loss you feel that you're not where you're supposed to be. I'm here to remind you that God still has promises to say over your life. You may not see it now, as I didn't when I was 18, but I saw it later. But I had to trust the God who gave them to me. And He spoke over Hagar. Like he's speaking over you. 
He's promising you things in the wilderness. You're feeling a revelation of God in the moment of doubt, in the moment of difficulties. God is revealing himself to you and speaking over you things you don't even understand, but you've got to trust him. Hagar responded to the revelation of God by saying, you see me. And that is what God is challenging us to do today. You may not know what's going to happen next. In fact, Hagar went back to Abraham. Things were still a little messed up in her life. But the promise was still there. God doesn't promise that he will take away the uncertainties and the pain. But he promises to reveal himself in your life in the midst of them. And he tells you that he sees you. Nothing that happens to you escapes him. He is fully aware of what happened to you. And he responds with his promise, his presence. So I'm here, beautiful church, to remind you that the God who saw Hagar is the God who sees you right now. That you and I don't have to live a pretend life. That God wants our full honesty. Because it is in that place of honesty where real healing happens. It's in that place of honesty that real restoration happens. Not only that, there is a promise over your life, even in the midst of wilderness. So I want to pray for you. I want to pray for those who have felt perhaps unseen. Pray for those who are walking as Hagar was in the midst of some difficulties, in the midst of some uncertainties. Perhaps you are at a place, you arrived at a place that wasn't your doing. Someone else did something and you ended up misplaced or perhaps it was our own doing like we all do at times right but even there I want to pray that you will feel seen by God and that you will trust him that you won't run after other things that will give you nothing in return run to other things that only that only hurt you but you will run to the strong tower that is God I want you to close your eyes with me. Right there. Let me say it again and again. God sees you. God sees you. He sees you. promises over your life right now. Just begin to confess, God, you see me. Come on, say it so your heart will believe it. Say, God, you see me. 
you see my situation and you're coming to my rescue you promise that in Jesus I find freedom in Jesus even my tears have purpose that in Jesus I am more than a conqueror I see you God I see you in this moment I see you in this wilderness I see you in this pain I see you I see you more real than ever. I see you. Dear God, I pray that as we leave this room today, we will live with a certainty that the God of the universe is so big and beautiful and powerful, yet so personal and real that we will trust the God who sees us and run into your arms. I pray that we will walk firmly knowing that you are here and that you won't forsake us or leave us, that you give us a promise of heaven through Jesus. May we live with the certainty of being seen by the God of universe. In the name of Jesus, we pray.